listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 135, where we will be discussing the epilogue of Clockwork Princess. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. I, it, I still made it awkward. Uh-huh. That was take That's two, okay. and it was still, yeah. I didn't like it. Because the epilogue no, okay, We didn't title. take because of that. I, I'm a liar. Right. I said it was recording and it wasn't recording. Right. right. Why do you lie? Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robin, I see you didn't recap the whole book. Oh, I do have a Gosh. recap. It's just not in the doc. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't put it what in there. What does that mean? It's in your noggin? No, I, I write it on an email draft. So that way I can I can look to see what we talked about. And then I can write it at the same time. So, like, I'll read a little bit and then I'll recap it and then I'll read a little bit and then I recap it. And then I didn't paste it into the doc. Gotcha. It's because I'm nervous about it. What? I'm nervous about it. What? Is it like, a song? There's, there's like eight lines of a song and Andy's not here to sing it for me. <gasps> you can do it. We believe in you. So I'm, We totally believe in you. I'm nervous. I don't know. Mom's do it. spaghetti. Do it. I'm yes. just kidding. Do it. Okay, so look. There's like two things that the housekeeping that we have to deal with. Number <laughs> one. I fucked up. <laughs> okay. Do you want to start with the good news or the bad news? I, uh, bad. The bad, bad. news. Yeah, the, yeah. Look, okay. I will specifically say you were correct. That literally was right after what we just read in the epilogue. It was. It was yes. right after it. Yes. And everything was fine. And if there was like one sentence, one line of dialogue that wasn't in that scene, it would have been like. We're talking about the short story on mm-hmm. the bridge. There is the a bridge. spoiler for the last three books um, because of the, the timing of when this epilogue takes place. And because it's a continuation of this epilogue. Um and I didn't remember that there was, like, a paragraph that kind of, like, summarizes the events of the last three books. <laughs> sort of. Like, if only it only took a paragraph for those three books. Yeah. <laughs> like, geez, if that would have been the case. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> so, and my And it's bad. not delve deep spoilers. Like, it's not a whole, right. like... No. Maybe It's enough, can, though. Right. Maybe we can... Um, have a little spoilery section in our uh, wrap up where we discuss some of the events that are not not those things like not the things that happen in the TMA but the the rest of the story that is the reason why I wanted to read that story (laughs) right right for those of you who have who have read through the Mortal Instruments series and want to check out the short story it is um it's linked in last week's episode in the description box. Uh-huh. So. Thank you for that. Because I've been waiting for you guys, you two, to read this short story for um several months. <laughs> well, and she keeps calling it a short story. And we, like, no, it's not, first of all. <laughs> it's not? I don't remember. I was reading it. And Andy's like, what are you reading? Because I was like, I just need to read this really quick. It no. I know that's why, because I sat like down minutes. to, I, I'm last minute Linda. That's my name. 
So I sat down to like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my part. And I was like texting and I was like, I beg to differ that this is a short story. Okay. This is literally going to take me like six hours. And then as I'm reading it, I was like, oh, oh, hmm. This seems something, something's incredibly wrong. (laughs) Well, and what, when you mentioned that, I, the part that I thought was spoilery was actually in the epilogue. Oh, <laughs> oh! In the epilogue, well, because yeah. I didn't read the epilogue. The I just epilogue. went straight yeah. to mm-hmm. the other oh, story yeah. because I um, it wasn't my part, so I was like, I'll just read that later mm-hmm. if I have time. And I was like, the thing I read in that, I was like, oh my god, that's a giant spoiler. And then I go back and read the epilogue. I was like, okay, I guess it really wasn't. And then as I'm like reading further, I saw that paragraph and I was like, yeah, that's a no for me, dog. And I wasn't too upset because I didn't want to have to write all that out by myself. So I was okay. That's fine. Maybe we could just maybe we could just have a little section where we discuss what happens because it's important and imperative to the wrap up of this series. I'm sorry. It is. Uh (laughs) Yeah. I have been so horny for this fucking story. (laughs) Like the heart wants what it wants. Dude, and I need to talk a couple to times. About it. It's not the heart. It's not the heart. <laughs> I mean, okay. Second piece of housekeeping. Oh yes. Before Kristen combusts into flames over here, we've gotten a lot of responses on our yes. Instagram post about questions, and we're really excited to get into them. So thank you for sending them in. Yes, thank you so much. I think it, we've got more response on this one than you know we have ever before. Since. That's because these are the this is the best series. It is, it is good. Yeah. It is, the and we posted one. it in advance. So <laughs> we remember. Maybe, oh wow! Maybe there's that. Is that helpful? It's only the know. sixth book. <laughs> I mean. It's only the sixth time we've done this. We finally figured it out. So we have, we will be going Red Scrolls. We decided, right? Yes. Okay, cool. I like that one. I didn't write the chapter name down. We don't need to do that until next week anyways. Oh, that's right. I have to put in a um, disclaimer, if you will. Not really. I, for some reason, my husband's com- work computer in this office sounds like it's a jet engine. So sorry. <laughs> I, I haven't heard anything. It is so loud. Okay, good. <laughs> Holy cow. My old one was like that. That's my, it's my old computer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. My old work computer is his new work computer. <laughs> Sad. I love it. Oh, I remember what I wanted to say. I'm so sorry. Yes. Um, we had gotten a message. Um, we've gotten a couple of messages regarding like other book series and stuff that like recommendations or, or whatever. Um, I read a new book um, called Realm Breaker. It is not new. Okay. The, the second book in the series just came out. So I'm I'm late to the game. But I read it. And my husband's currently finishing it up right now. And he's really, really into it. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings inspired in terms of like the genre. Like the way it's like a quest and, you know, it's like like a band of people come together and, you know, things like that. Okay. It's fantasy, high fantasy um, by uh, Victoria Aveyard, the person who wrote uh the red queen series um those of you who know know um but it's like 
it's written in the style of like modern fantasy, which I really enjoy because it's not too, it, it's not slow, but it is slower because of it's a high fantasy and there's like world building and stuff, but it's not, it's not as boring as some of the older fantasy stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry. Okay. I'm not sorry. I can't. Some, some of the stuff I, it's very hard for me. Some of the high fantasy stuff is really hard for me to get into because it's just too slow, but I really Uh liked this book. I really, I really dug it. Um, the, the characters are really great. It's like a nice ensemble and you get like everyone's kind of point of view and you get point of views from like the bad guys. It's very, very good. Anyways, highly recommend. That is all. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just had to like interject because I remembered. (laughs) I love it, dude. That's what we needed. That's what we told you to do. (sighs) Yep. For good stuff. How is everybody doing? I mean, good. Yeah. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) My anniversary is this Friday. Oh, happy anniversary. Thank you. Full years. (sighs) Mine's next month. Holy cow. Yeah. What's your, what are you going to be? 11 years? No, more than that. I don't remember. (laughs) 14? Okay. 15? 13? <laughs> You're just counting now. <laughs> I think it's 13. That seems wrong. What year did you get married, ma'am? 2009. So that's 14 years. Right? Because 20 counts and it's a zero. Yeah, 13. You'll, it'll be 14. 13. Okay, right? okay, okay. Because I take 2022 yeah. minus 2009, and that's 13. Yeah. Okay. That's it, huh? That's it. I feel like we've been married because longer than that. It's been a long two years. Yeah. <laughs> COVID counts oh, for five. Geez. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys actually were off at the same time, so you were home together for a little bit. During COVID? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we were. Does that count as double time and a half? <laughs> I think it does. We've been married for 20 years. There you uh-huh. go. <laughs> I didn't see Mine was working so much I didn't see him like almost at all. So it was opposite. Yeah. Yeah, I was working from home and he was home. So. Um, so how many years is that for you, Kristen? Four. Four. Ah, yes. I'm so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I got a Berkey water filter for our anniversary. Love it. I was very excited. I was like, you can put any water in here. (laughs) Not any, but most. Okay. (laughs) Well, what do you guys say? I don't know about you guys. Do you guys have anything else to share? No. No? What do you say we kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Okay. It's been six weeks since Jim took his leave. Sophie ascended so she could marry. Five days since the gallery. Tessa's saying, get it together. Come back and see me. 
Three days since the two cities. She realized Will's the one and had to tell you. Yesterday, it was Christmas Eve. Now we sit back and watch the gang at the party. Woo! Okay. Wonderful. I love it. My brain can't, like, do that anymore. (laughs) I will sit there all night. It was way more difficult than I thought it would be. (laughs) Just so you know. Okay. That's great. So, our star-crossed lovers are no longer star-crossed. We're at the Institute Christmas party together. They get a surprise visit from Elias Carstairs, who's offering Will Jim's birthright um, to wield their family's ancestral sword, Cortana. And Will is like, you don't even get me at all. And then he stomps <laughs> off to his room, except it's actually outside on the steps of the Institute. Whilst out there in the cold and the angst, he gets a visit from a ghost from the past. N- no, really, it's, it's Jessamine. And she's like, it's showtime. She's been lurking outside since she came back to the Institute and has been slowly making her way closer to get inside. And she's taken charge of being the guardian of the place. And at this time, she's only wanting to hang out with Will. And since he hasn't been alone, she hasn't showed herself. But now that she's here, she wants to talk to him about why he hasn't popped a question to Tessa yet. Their combo's interrupted by Magnus, who's making leave for America with Church and wanted to say, Bye! Soon Tessa joins him outside and they get to talking and Will was like, are you going to be my girl? And Tessa's like, heck yes, I am. (laughs) And then we pan over to the next day. I think it's the next day. And the kids are getting ready to abuse Henry's portal meat. But it's for a good cause because Charlotte, (laughs) the new counsel, is using her privilege for good and letting the Herondales go to the whales. Go to the whales. You got me. The goodwill. (laughs) to see their family Tessa and Gabriel are taking along as the fiance and maybe someday future husband Ah. Ah. when they arrive and it's totally sweet and Mrs. Herondale seems like a pretty cool lady and they invite them in and as uh, JK Ralphing (laughs) she's rude would say all was well oh my gosh is that a Harry Potter thing yeah spoilers that's how it ends that's how it ends i texted okay. you that once or i emailed you that whoa and then i realized you didn't get it so I, just, I had to yeah. like that's well what happened to Kristen? um i don't my twitter just opened and then my instagram just opened i hope i'm not getting hacked oh shoots <laughs> that would really suck do you have a welcome mat outside i don't have a welcome mat Okay. Because I'm not dumb. <laughs> I watched plenty I of Buffy mat. growing Just kidding, up. I don't. I, I'm afraid that um, that's like somehow going to be an invitation for an intruder and they're going to be able to sue me <laughs> because I said welcome on my mat. Or like if my back door is unlocked, I've, I'm afraid that that's a thing that they're going to be able to come to my house and be like, well, it was unlocked. Honestly, it's the roaring 20s. <laughs> Anything could happen. <laughs> Yeah, it just that was on Liar Liar. This lady, the his new secretary or his secretary told him a story about how her friend, like a guy fell in through the Mm -hmm. roof. He was trying to a burglarize and he cut himself on a knife and sued her and won. And it's a movie. Who knows if that would be real? But I I wouldn't. That's where my mind goes. Something to happen like that here. How dare you leave a knife on your counter? You should be more worried about letting spirits into your house with a welcome mat. Just saying. Yeah. 
JS. Is that what it is? The welcome mat. Okay, got it. <laughs> I can't say welcome. Anyway, back oh. to the story. Do they come through the front door? No carte blanche invitations into your home. Okay, great. Fabulous. <laughs> Mine says no soliciting. So, <laughs> <laughs> bye. <laughs> it says bye. <sighs> All right, guys. Well, on a blustery day in the year of our Lord and Savior, Edward Cullen, 2008, <laughs> a girl arrives at Blackfriars Bridge to meet the love that can never be. Uh, it's Tessa, guys. Uh, she's kept up with the times, ditching her crinoline for skinny jeans tucked into Uggs, and is still looking snatched at uh, over 100. Well over 100. <laughs> Dude. This is seriously like my favorite part of all of this. Oops, I just bumped because I was so excited. I don't know why. I just think it's so neat to think of her just like running through the streets and her little jagging, you know, it's just <laughs> so cool after having to wear all those clothes, you know, back then. Right. I'm so cool. Coming out. Could, yeah. How exciting would it be to have lived through all of that fashion? Yes. Dude, huh? My closet would be so awesome <laughs> yes seriously yep i doesn't she t- they talk about her wearing a scarf or something right yeah uh-huh. so she's wearing like a liberty yeah. scarf which is super old and like an original which it looks like it would be like a reproduction <sighs> or whatever but she's like it's not <laughs> maybe it's, it's maybelline <laughs> i'm older than this yeah <laughs> Yeah, she held on to a few tokens from her youth. Um, also, the bracelet that Will gave her on their 30th wedding anniversary. Oh, my God. Sobbing. <laughs> I will preface this. Um, there's a lot of reading for from the book uh, in my part because I have the saddest part. It's the worst part. I don't care what you say. Yeah. It's horrible. I was so <laughs> glad that I didn't have to do the beginning. <laughs> oh, you're horrible. Um, yeah, I cried like three times while writing this. It took me Aww. way too long to write like six pages because awesome. it's awful. Um, okay, so lots has changed in London and at Blackfriar Bridge uh, since 1878. Like the distinct lack of choking coal smoke in the air. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, it's fresh and clean. <laughs> Specifically breathability. Yeah. <laughs> And she's early, which is perfect because it gives uh, her inner monologue time to catch us up on a bit on the last 130 years or so. So Tessa checks the time and her attention snags on her pearl bracelet, which is the one Will gave her for their anniversary. And it triggers a memory of the day Will gave it to her. Being mortal, he'd continued to age while Tessa stayed forever young. <laughs> um, despite the natural signs of like aging that will showed like gray hair and stuff like that tessa always saw will as uh quote the wild black-haired boy she'd fallen in love with and so the long and the short of it is that they lived a long and happy life together despite one of them being immortal right so hold on to your tits because we're taking a hard left turn uh straight into will's death like it literally goes like a sentence about them living happily together for a long time and then like straight into i remember the day will died <laughs> like it's awful 
Yeah. I don't like this segue. No. So Cecily and Mary or Cecily and married Cecily and Gabriel yeah. who got married. Duh. <laughs> uh, and Sophie had been there, but um, she says that Gideon had already died several years before that. Um, I'm going to read this next little doozy. <sighs> Tessa remembered that day clearly, the day the silent brothers had said there was nothing more they could do to keep Will alive. He had been unable to leave their bed by then. Tessa had squared her shoulders and gone to give the news to their family and friends, trying to be as calm for them as she could, though her heart had felt as if it were being ripped out of her body. <sighs> yep. And so it has begun. Because this isn't just a short, hey... He passed. This is like, we're going to draw out everything that happened that day. Mm-hmm. So Will passed in June of 1937. So they had a nice long life together. And the next paragraph or so is kind of like an info dump. And it's inconsistent lore with what we find out later in the Shadowhunters books. Because this was written Listen. a long time before. Yes. I just like, I get it. The family tree can be sneaky or whatever. Uh-huh. You can't change what is written in this. There's literally no way. So why did you not just write it like that? Right. Wait, it Tell literally me makes no sense. I know. Like, I just like, why? So for the, for, we're not going to spoil anything, but for those uh-huh. of you who have read The Last Hours, you know a little bit more about what we're talking about. But there's like this paragraph where she kind of explains like, you know, their little group and what's happened to them and who had kids and, and all of this stuff. And there's inconsistencies with what's said in this epilogue and what actually transpires in the last hours. But it's like, I guess if you literally want to know nothing, here's your spoiler warning for the next like minute. Yeah. It's like somebody is physically described differently, which sounds dumb, but it's a big part of the story, like a giant part of plot, which is like insane that they would change that. And then um, like their kids are different genders. Mm. Oh, that's weird, too. But it's weird because it's. Is it the same amount of genders, but they're assigned like the children are assigned to different parents? Or I think it's a different, like, it says, like. But I'm just going to read it and then we can chat. So it says, uh-huh. uh, yeah. her and Will's children, their grandchildren, their nieces and nephews, Cecily's blue-eyed boys, tall and handsome, and Gideon and Sophie's two girls, and those who were as close as family, Charlotte, white-haired and upright, and the Fairchild's sons and daughters with their curling red hair like Henry's had once been. So, like. The the number of children, the genders of their children, what they look like, their eye color and their hair, like not all of these are consistent. Uh-huh. Crazy. Like, in fact, but- like almost every single one of them has something wrong with it. Uh-huh. But it's like that's pre-written. So just make the character fit that, I guess. I don't right. know. Right. And like I said, the physical description one is a big plot thing. If you know, you know. Yeah. But like. Okay. So I guess you couldn't change that. Like you couldn't. 
but it's like we've have there's well hot take this mm-hmm. there's uh, a line and I the only reason I remembered this specifically was because we started a new D and D campaign because <gasps> all of our characters died really fast. Yes, we had a TPK. And, um, <laughs> I was naming my wild magic sorcerer and I couldn't think of a last name and I was like the only thing that's coming to me like really stuck with me is Ashdown. I really like that, but how like. Like, that's Sophie's last name. And Kristen's like, no, it's not. And I was like, yes, it is. Her yeah. last name's Ashdown. She's like, it's Shadowhunter. And I was like, it's not. And so then we um, compared books. And it is in the... Because Amanda has... I loaned you my book. Mm-hmm. Which yep. is... I got that, like, the day it released. Picked it up from Barnes & Noble. And it says Sophie Shadowhunter in it. Mm-hmm. And then my book I downloaded from the Kindle. Because I can't type and, like, have the book open. Because I'm a knave. And in my book, it says Sophie Ashdown. So if you went back and edited that, then edit the epilogue. Right. Make it make sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is my, I guess my, like, I, like things change. I get that. Like, I'm glad maybe the last hours wasn't planned. And like, I'm, I am, I adore it. Don't get me wrong here. I'm being annoying. I, it's probably my favorite series thus far. Okay. But, um, just change it. Just go back and edit it. You edited Sophie's last name. You edited the part about Isabel not knowing how to cook because Shadowhunter women didn't fight. Like, you've edited all this other stuff. Just go edit the epilogue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is really funny because in the book that I have, um, the last hour, there's, like, a sneak peek. Uh, there's a sneak peek for the Bane Chronicles, but it does have a note that like, hey, the last hours is coming in 2018, you know, like whatever. So it's like there was a, a plan when this version was released and this copyright. Oh, yeah. The cop, the text copyright is 2013, but then the book copyright is 2015. So I think that's like the addition with the added bonus um, uh-huh. and that note. <clears throat> but and I know that there was like a plan for things down the road but like yeah I it's annoying when the audiobook says one thing and then the Mm -hmm. you know you've got two different books that say something different it's just like why is there so many of these changes like it's not normal for them to be like okay it's edits are like words that got changed or or some like so not specific like plot things right like not someone's last mm-hmm. name not someone's like unless there was like an issue like you you had it one way one one place in the book and then somewhere else it in like a mistake that you had to correct right uh-huh. like changing actual content is not normal but it happens all that we find it all the fucking time <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, and I... So I... Go ahead. No, no, go for it. I was going to tangent off. Do no, it. No, no, no. I just wanted to... I'm curious. Like, why... Uh, my assumption would be that she realized that giving the last name Shadowhunter was probably not a great idea. Because that would mean a lot of people have the last name Shadowhunter. Because it's all the people that would have ascended, mm-hmm. right? Would be my assumption. To me, it's it sounds very... Um, it's remin- reminiscent, I guess. I'm probably thinking too much into it, but like you have people that like their last name is Smith because they're Smiths or your, you know, your last name is Baker because you were a baker or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
and right. so i think maybe it's something like it would just be shadow hunter because like you're a shadow hunter and maybe it was too like i don't under i don't know sensitive mm-hmm. do that i guess i don't know right because is because hmm. ashdown is the most cur- i'm sorry oh i got the hiccups the most current one Are we showing? Uh, that's the one that's in my Kindle version. Okay. Yeah, and if I have more of the, the original, uh-huh, then yeah. Because she has my original copy. Sense. I'm pretty gotcha. sure that you do. Yeah. Gotcha. I, one of these books I had to buy twice. Remember, it was in the trunk. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But. Because there's an Ashdown family in later on in the series that, that like, a side character. Would, it's not important. Um. But, like, there's a family of Ashdowns, and it's never said that, like, that would be why. So I wonder if it's just, like, a name. Like, it's maybe it's not the same for uh-huh. everyone that ascends. Uh-huh. Like, they just right. pick they just a pick Shadow one. Hunter yeah. name. Yeah. Like, when you were, took Spanish class or a second language when you were in school. And they made you pick a name. And you had to pick a name. Yeah. I almost just, I, I was having such a... um open conversation that I almost just said something I shouldn't for future moments so because I was going to ask you a question about something and I was like no don't do that don't do that oh Oh my gosh okay so yeah so there's an info dump with all of this weird conflicting information so we're just gonna not we're just gonna skip over it we did get a comment on Instagram that was said um I'm gonna read it Mm -hmm. because why not do it I dare you. Do you double dog dare me? <laughs> yes. Um, okay, I'm going to make a little noise while you look for that because I need to adjust my leg holes. <laughs> okay, it's from, um, let me see. It's from Mo.Lena. I think that's ML. I think that's an L. And it says, this is my first time. Okay, rant moment. This is my first time rereading TID since TLH came out. This is also the first time I didn't cry reading the epilogue because when Tessa was going over the lineages, it was wrong. Girl, I love Cassie, but I don't think she remembers what she writes. And I agree with that because it was very <laughs> emotional. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I start reading this and I just feel like I'm like the research assistant. And I'm like, I'm like going through or payables or something. I'm like, ooh, this invoice is double paid. Let me go look this up really quick and find my receipts on my email. And I get a pen. And I start writing stuff down. And I'm going to go get out my other book. And I'm like, OK, number one. It's probably too early to talk about on the podcast, even though I brought this up because I have this impulse where I have to be right. When I feel like every once in a while, I just have, I need that uh, justification and satisfaction. I need to validate me. Yeah. Validate me, daddy. And then (laughs) second, it really did kind of cut it off at the head for me because then it just like, it kind of was like at this very emotional moment that I was just like, no, it pulls you out of the story, Mm -hmm. which is something that like, as a writer, you, it's like your worst fucking nightmare. Like you don't want to do anything that's going to pull someone out of the story because then they're going to stop fucking reading (laughs) and start thinking, Uh you want to keep them engaged. And it's, it's one of those things that I, I don't think that she forgets. I think she knows I think she's just making uh-huh. a choice because narratively in this series, it would have worked better this way. Like, I think she's just uh-huh. making a choice, but it's frustrating that like, if you're going to change Sophie's last, then just change this part. Why didn't you change it? 
it seems silly. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Or even to have, you know, sometimes there's like a, there's a thing in my book anywhere where it's like after the epilogue, it's like a note from the author on Tessa's London. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's like about all that stuff. And it's, I had an, I, I, I know I read it originally, but I didn't reread it this time. Mm-hmm. But maybe just like note from edit on the epilogue or whatever. You know, and then just kind of like a little note and like this ha- this book's been edited or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she does make acknowledgments at the end after the Tessa's London thing mm-hmm. um, that talks about like, thank you to these people for catching my mistakes and stuff like catching my storyline uh-huh. mistakes or whatever. Plot. Mm. Plot. Because stuff. plot. So anyway, obviously she has people that are doing that. So that's uh-huh. interesting. Well, I mean, and, and she's, she's a famous multiple uh-huh. you know weeks and weeks and weeks on the New York Times bestseller list like published by a major publishing house these things shouldn't be happening okay and it's frustrating that like because it's such a like it's such a wealthy franchise and it does so well with every single book. It It's mind-boggling to me that there are still, like, these weird inconsistencies, especially when we know that they don't have a problem making edits and changing in uh-huh. editions. It's like, then do it all at once. <laughs> right. Well, And it's like, it's good that they went back and changed that thing about Isabella. It opened up the rest of all of this other story and stuff. That right. was a good change. I'm glad they did it. it was It did change the plot a little bit. Like, it kind of changed. I, we talked about this, but it, like, changed. Is I think it changed Isabel's. I think maybe we talked about this in mm-hmm. one of our. Um, it changed the perspective for which you look at Isabel. It didn't change the uh-huh. plot. It changed how yeah. you look at the plot. And how uh-huh. you kind of, like, receive these characters. So, yeah, it was like. But it made sense. It happened early on. The change happened fairly quickly. In terms of, uh-huh. like, it just was a, like, kind of one of those lines that wasn't consistent with the way the rest of the story played out, mm-hmm. you know? So it wasn't, like, something that was, like, retro retrospectively done that was, like, sh- shifted everything. It was just kind of, like, mm-hmm. this line wasn't consistent with the way the plot was progressing anyways. And so it just got right. updated to make more sense. Uh-huh. And it's fine. Like, it's fine if you're going to, if you're going to do the, the changes, fine. But like, do all of them. Uh-huh. Change this. Ep- yeah, edit wait, this epilogue. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Until you're done. Yeah. yeah. Please. We're begging you. <laughs> Maybe it's coming in the next ep, like, it's what, not. what did you call it? <laughs> Revision date. But copy, edition. Co- cop, copyright date. Edition. Whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe I don't have the even though I bought it on Kindle as soon as we sat down to do this, maybe it was a different one. I don't know. Anyway, I can't we can't I could keep talking about this. Yes. <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> oh yes. It's fine. It g- gave me a break from having to deal with Lil's death. So Okay, yeah. good. They pulled you out of the story. <laughs> it's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, okay, so Tessa stayed next to Will the whole day as their friends and family came by to visit, sharing memories and making their, like, last memories, like, the last ones uh-huh. that they're going to mm-hmm. make. Um, so she notes that he looked old enough to be her grandfather, but everyone knew the deal and no one found it odd or anything because, like, you know, she looks like a teenager um, because uh-huh. they were just Will and Tessa <laughs> and, like, they'd gotten used to it. It was just normal. <laughs> 
like quick sidebar. I know, I know we did a lot of sidebarring, but quick sidebar. Um, obviously we have to address that elephant in the room, right? Like, cause that's, it's what's on people's minds. Um, however, like, does this feel forced to you? Like this, the way that it's, but everyone thought it would like, I don't know. Like I get it. Of course, all these people that have known you forever, it's just the way you are. But uh-huh. It felt a little forced, like a, hey reader, it's totally okay. Like it's totally uh-huh. okay. It's uh-huh. it's not weird at all. Like it just felt weird yeah. that like there was it too much of a like point in that. Yeah, like it seems like it would have been better to just not mention that. <laughs> but like on the other not hand, make us think of him being that old. I, I guess. understand like, why you would want to mention it because it's probably like a big factor in like yeah you know. It just, I don't know. And I don't know how it could have been done differently to not make me feel weird about it either. Okay, listen. Here's the thing, okay? I think, let me, let me use my brain here. Okay, I know there's some people that are like, this is like tie hard, die hard team gem and then die hard team will. And Mm -hmm. there's some people that are both or whatever. But I think for the most part, we've established she's a warlock this will like we don't need we know that we can read between the lines we don't need right uh-huh. i didn't need that information and in i agree yep. i don't even really re- i think now that you're saying it i remember but i just read it so fast i was like yeah 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 who cares come on right exactly Give me the juice. Uh-huh. exactly like it, it doesn't remind me them. of that episode the episode the um that part on big daddy when um adam sandler's character's girlfriend cheats on him with that old guy oh yeah uh-huh. and he's like old wrinkly balls yeah. <laughs> that's all i could think about i just in my head yeah. i was thinking about i was just like will probably was very handsome till the day he died that's all i was thinking about well of course yeah well uh-huh. yeah because yeah because you know he's a babe as you get older your tastes definitely change oh yeah yeah absolutely and if it if it doesn't so then- yeah Right, there's something wrong yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So this next part, uh, we'll, we'll like my this. section, is weird. Yeah, with the theory of like, well, Tessa was a teenager when they met, so like they did get old together. Like she might not uh-huh. look old, but like in her head, like she's the same age as he is. So of course her attraction, yeah, makes sense. And then yeah. the rest of this epilogue can get weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. Okay. Um okay. So moving on. Uh (laughs) basically his kids are talking and then everyone's like bringing up stories and stuff, and it's really emotional. So I am going to uh just kind of give you guys the bullet points. Um Uh yeah. So Will love Tessa fiercely, um, as accounted by their their children. Uh, he they set a wonderful example of love for their kids and like what they wanted, you know, what they wanted to find in the world and stuff because their parents loved each other so much oh, and it was so sweet, so amazing. Um, he never stopped reading and memorizing obscure quotations. Um, although his poetry always sucked, uh, he wrote some Shadowhunter textbooks when he retired, like. That's pretty cool. Um, uh-huh. And he taught his 
grandchildren uh, the demon pox song <laughs> when they were way too young to know it. <laughs> and never got over his fear of ducks. He hated them till the day he died. <laughs> so weird. Um, and he also always took Tessa on like morbid vacations to like castles that were haunted or places where people died, which is like my kind of guy. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> Take me to an old drafty castle. I'm into it. <sighs> okay. I've, I've got a good one for you. This one um, is from his sister. With tears running down her face, Cecily had reminded him of the moment at her wedding to Gabriel when he had delivered a beautiful speech praising the groom, at the end of which he had announced, Dear God, I thought she was marrying Gideon. I take it all back, <laughs> thus vexing not only Cecily and Gabriel, but Sophie as well. And Will, though too tired to laugh, had smiled at his sister and squeezed her hand. Well, just punch me in the fucking heart why don't you i was gonna say titty i, was, I almost said titty too <laughs> <laughs> i almost specifically i almost said why punch, why don't you punch me in the left tit but <laughs> <laughs> specifically specifically yes it's my least favorite so it can take it yeah um terrible don't touch the party and tit. hilarious yeah <laughs> What a funny thing to say at someone's wedding. I think that is so funny. (laughs) I love it. That just, that's so Will. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So that evening um, when everyone had said their final goodbyes and left, Tessa laid with Will sharing the stories only they knew on Whispers in the Dark. Uh, So this next part is very matter of fact because I'll cry if it's not. I'm literally crying as I'm writing this. So (laughs) I wrote that. (laughs) So around midnight, Jem showed up. Uh, Tessa knew Will had been waiting for him to like pass. Like he needed to wait to see Jem before he could go. And uh, Jem like didn't go over to his bed right away. He went to the violin that uh, Will had kept safe for him. And he played the song of their lives. Like a song that told of every memory and moment in their life. It would fuck. Fuck. Well, and obviously that means that Will can understand his music. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, he had sat down beside them on the bed and taken Will's hand, the one that Tessa was not holding. And both Will and Tessa had heard Jem's voice in their minds. I take your hand, brother so that you may go in peace. Will had opened the blue eyes that had never lost their color over all the passing years and looked at Jem and then Tessa and smiled and died with Tessa's head on his shoulder and his hand in Jem's. Goes on to say, quote, it never stopped hurting. Yeah, me either, Cassie. What the fuck? (laughs) Yep. Oh my God! How dare how dare you? How dare you? And died like in the middle of a right. sentence. How disrespectful! Okay, listen. I'm gonna like I'm gonna be completely honest with you here. When I was reading the epilogue, I was in the middle of doing something. I don't remember pooping. What I was necessarily doing. I skipped all of these pages. I did not reread this, and I forgot oh. about it. 
So um, thank you for bringing it up. Right. Why you got to bring up old yeah. shit? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you getting misty? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Of course. Yeah. I actually, my eyes are burning because my freaking makeup's running into the crotch goblin. Okay. So <laughs> I, whoa, I um, am going to add something that made me think, I thought of this when I was reading this and it is also sad, but I deal with things by joking. Mm-hmm. So deal with it, people. Uh-huh. Um. I totally believe that this shit happens. Like he was waiting for Jen because when my mom passed, um, like she never literally would never go anywhere without her, her face, her makeup on. And I put her makeup on and within 15, 20 minutes she was gone. Mm. Like, I really think this stuff like that. And I was just like, okay, mom, like you're ready now, you know? And it's just, Uh I really think stuff like that is true. People are able to hold on until there's something, you know, that, makes them feel not that makeup made her feel better but you know what I mean yeah. like we were talking to her and saying those you know those words and stuff so anyway yeah no I I agree uh-huh. sad there's that was my mom was with my grandpa in the hospital for like two days or whatever and he was very sick or and um she went outside to her car and came back and he was gone and um then she was so upset she was like I can't believe it like I was gone for two minutes and she's like no mm-hmm. No, he waited for you to leave. That we see this all yep. the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Crazy. Different people need different things. Uh-huh. Yep. <sighs> so when Will died, Tessa left London. Um, her children were grown and had families of their own. Um, and she was heartbroken and couldn't handle watching them. The thought of watching them grow old and die like Will. She was like, I can't, they don't need me. She convinced herself that they didn't need her and was like, I just, I gotta go. Like, I can't, I'm so fucked up from my husband dying. Like, I can't handle watching it happen to my children and my grandchildren. Um, and then, so she left, but there was one last request that Will had made of her. Yeah, so, um. I have so many opinions about her leaving. I know. Her family. And I suppose we can probably go over it next week. Yeah. Because be we've time had a lot of opinions it. so far. Uh-huh. We we did a hot um, take on it during our unscripted mm-hmm. also. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. You are, We more than welcome your opinion on it. Because we've already. Okay. I'm assuming it's the same. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> okay. So Tessa makes her way to Welsh pool. It's probably got more of a swang to it but that's my american version uh-huh. um to the tree where will had left the dagger in the ground the night his parabrotai bond was broken with gem although i feel like maybe it was the next morning but anyway you get it uh-huh um <laughs> the road was not the same as it was when will was on his journey to save tessa from mortmain so she passed the tree a few times like robin and i do you know every time we go on warranty inspections we pass the customer's house when it's in the country uh-huh. happens every time yeah. It's just what it is. (laughs) So she passed it a few times and eventually found the right spot. She collected the blade that was still covered in Will's blood and brought it with her to meet up with Jem that year. So 
Um, this year, the two of them discuss war and all the crazy shit that war brings. And Jem uses his um, bro Z wisdom to basically tell Tessa that she can't save the world. Like, we can't save them from themselves. She's like, watch uh-huh. me. <laughs> I just feel like you have to, yeah. <laughs> you have to have a different sense of, like, you have to take things in so much less, like, uh-huh. I don't know. Because obviously she's going to live through mm-hmm. it. Yep. This is just a part of her life. You know, it's not this is the world that we're living in. Like, yeah, it's just going to pass and things will change. Like, she could just go to Idris or something and stay out of it for a little while. You know, it's just crazy. Well, and then there's also the uh, – I think about this a lot when I think about Magnus. Is there's the the philosophical uh-huh. debate of you're immortal and you're not – you don't really belong to the mortal world. And so – your influence, how much do you allow your influence to impact a world that you're not really of? You know, because it's uh-huh. not meant for you. You're immortal. You're This is meant for mortal people who, you know, live and love and die, you know. And so if yep. you endure and make an impact, how, like, how much of that impact is ethical when you don't really... right. Like the butterfly effect, yeah. effect sort of. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's interesting. I don't or know. them like. Yeah, it's very. Outlander. Crazy. They keep trying to change history and it's like, no. Uh-huh. <sighs> it's like penicillin and shit. Have you seen yeah. no TV shows? That never works out. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid girl. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So Tessa tells Jem that she can feel something terrible is coming. And um, that's when she pulls Will's dagger out and stabs a stranger passing by. She's like, fuck it. (laughs) Wait, no. That's not right. I started going on this tangent about how she stabbed everyone on the bus. But Robin's really the only person that gets that. Oh, my God. That's so Such a stupid thing I said once. Who knows why? I can't remember why, but you were just like, I would stab everybody on the bus. And I was like, individually? Because I guess they would line up for their stabbings. (laughs) That's horrible. I have no idea what. I don't remember. I don't remember. That was so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like when we talked about it, we were in that neighborhood we were in today. Okay. I thought we were in uh, the West Side. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I feel like it was the first time we really had that belly laugh moment together. Uh So it was like a core memory (laughs) in our friendship. (laughs) Stabbing people. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> so anyway, that obviously didn't happen. She pulls it out and just shows it to Jem. And she's like, Nana, Nana, look what I have and you can't have <laughs> Basically, because she's like, I just wanted you to see it. Like, I have this. <laughs> okay, I have a question. This is a stupid uh-huh. question. <laughs> oh, I love it. But, like, obviously we find out things that happen. But, like, now that she she has Will's blood, like, could she eventually clone him? Oh, or turn into him? Oh, ooh, I don't know if she would want to turn yeah. into him. but Just to see what he, like, rem- I don't know. I don't know if I would. I, I guess. Just, if yeah. she misses him a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, listen. <laughs> Cloning is better. <laughs> Put this nugget. <laughs> In your brain, because you just made me think of something that's in my section, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I will bring up again when we okay. get there with what okay. you just said. Okay, okay, 
earmark. Got it. Do- what did you say? Dog okay. near the page? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Jem tells her to hold on to it for him because there might come a day. Is literally what he says. And she has no idea what he means by that, but she doesn't ask, which doesn't seem in her character. No, it doesn't. She asks all the questions. Exactly. She asks stupid questions sometimes, which she does in like a couple minutes. So it's strange. Anyway, so she must just be really distracted and missing Will. Like that's Uh the only explanation that I can think of. So afterward, um, after their meeting, she goes to stay with Magnus in Paris for a while. And he's posing as an artist, (laughs) which is just a painter, which is just my favorite because he can be whatever the hell he wants. Uh So cool. And um, he would comfort her when she would wake up in the middle of the night yelling for Will. (sighs) And he tells her that the first love that she will lose will always be the hardest. And he's like, but don't worry, boo. You'll love again and lose again. So it'll get easier. (laughs) Yep. Totally. Thanks. I get it. I get it. He's being honest and trying to help her through this transition. About shit like that. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. He's trying, and he's trying to help her through this transition. Like she has to come to terms with the fact that this is going, if she's going to live any life that's not a half life, this is going to happen again. Right. Uh Huh? Absolutely. Sad. So, the two of them basically stay together for a while. And when um, the war came to Paris, Tessa and Magnus moved to New York. And for some reason, this made me start Googling stuff. And I got into a Google spiral. And um, I was Googling shit for like an hour. <laughs> because my parents met in the during the war in Paris. So it, or my parents, my grandparents. So it just got me Googling stuff. And then I somehow came across my family tree on Ancestry. And I signed up for Ancestry.com and stuff. And then I was like, I have to pay for it. It's $25 a month. And I was like, uh, it was like a whole thing for me. So this was fun. That's so cool. I realize now, I like, there's this thing in the back of my head. I'm like, how did you stop reading? It's because I literally, I was not kidding. I got a pen and a paper and I wrote down these people's kids and stuff. And I went, I was going to go get the book. And then I was just like, stop. It doesn't matter. And then I went and did something else and I came back and then I forgot. I just forgot. Literally took me out of legit took me out of the story. And then I just went to my part. I was like, how did I miss all this? (laughs) Oh, Oh, yep. Yep. So this was all right. Have you done the 23 uh, With a couple hours. I'm sorry. I haven't done it yet. I really think I want to. Yeah. I have had the kit. It's crazy. At home for two years and I have not done it. That's crazy. I'm too afraid that I'm going to find more siblings. Uh, Andy's family found less siblings. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> uh-huh. I just, I, it was I'm nosy sad. about my own genetics. I just want to know. Yeah. I, me too. Well, in my, um, the way I found it and the way the ancestry works, because like I said, I didn't actually, I'm not going to pay like $40 a month right now. Maybe I will someday and use it for like a month or two and then just get all the info mm-hmm. and be done. But um, my grandpa's name was on like 20 different family trees. Like, where does my family go? It's crazy. Uh huh. So, anyway, it's very interesting how that all works. I've jumped down the ancestry rabbit hole before and it is very rabbit interesting. Rabbit hole. Yep. 
that's the that's the term I was looking for. Thank you. Being able to see like the immigration papers is like, uh huh. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, it is. Uh Before my mom died, she found my grandpa's coming through Ellis Island and Mm -hmm. stuff, and it just that is the neatest thing. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Super cool. Yeah. Okay, so. Anyway, um, Tessa came back to London for one of her annual visits with Jem. And I um, say Jem, not Brother Zachariah, because it was actually Jem there to meet her. Which is awesome that that was at the beginning of where I restarted reading. (laughs) (laughs) After my little break, my hiatus. So this is Jem, the real deal Jem, the real Slim Shady. Uh It's him. (laughs) And he said her name. Because she didn't realize it was him at first, basically. Although, I feel like maybe she wasn't actually looking at him. She was turned around. Anyway, she was looking for a silent brother, obviously. She was not looking for Jem. So, she didn't even realize it was him. And so, his real deal Jem voice brought back, like, this huge wave of memories, obviously. Um, And so, she turned at him and just stared. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think I would do, too, after 130 years. (laughs) He is wearing modern jeans and a blue sweater, Robin style, with the sleeves pushed up to the elbows. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is important because that way Tessa could see his scars from his faded runes on his uh, newly muscular arms. Is it that or is it because sleeves touching your wrist is like vomit inducing and it's no, painful? It's the That's best. just it's a not. you thing. That's just a you thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a Robin thing. In fact, I have a sweatshirt that I got from Torrid that I sized up on because I wanted it to be bigger. And for some reason, the sleeves are too short, which makes no sense because I'm 5'1". Okay. <laughs> they have no business being too short. No. <laughs> Maybe it's supposed to be three quarters and they're just really long. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the way they hit, I also, I just have to push the sleeves up. So sometimes I get it a little bit. Because it's icky. Yeah, I don't it's like gross. It, but Nobody likes that. Anyway. Oh, I'm, I, th- I thought it was distracting that she kept calling it a jumper. I agree. She's American. <laughs> I guess she spent a lot of time in London. Right. <laughs> Early. I'm over here just like hot and bothered about like scarred arms. I'm just like, ooh. I. Yeah. Well, he definitely looks. It just reminds better. me of like tattoo, like you know what I mean. Like, okay, I can see your marks. Like, woo. Uh-huh. <laughs> tell me about it, stud. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, he's wearing all of the outfit, whatever. So he still had the shape of the quietude rune, um, but it was faded to a silver color, and she obviously couldn't couldn't even believe her eyes that this is really him um he looked different than even before but this was her gem like he he has his eyes are dark his um hair is dark I was gonna never mind um he has two scars on his face from his silent brother days with a z um and they're on his cheekbones obviously we know that but I just think that is weird why do they need to be on their cheekbones it's just strange I guess they can't see them so what does it matter (laughs) use all the territory anyway so um because he's wearing the sweater it must be unbuttoned or something because um tessa can slightly still see his parabotri parabrotai this makes no that's sense faded. it's over his heart he's wearing a sweater how can you see this it's got to be a v-neck like my shirt right now has buttons 
and it's a V-neck. But like, even it's if a it's a V-neck, it's over your heart. Like, what? It's. She see a little curve. Maybe it's a big one. So it's over the whole peck. You don't see yeah. like how low are you wearing like a Joey Lawrence V-neck? Like, what the hell is happening yes. here? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. He's really going diving so in. What it is is he's wearing a wife beater with a. It's a cardigan. It's not actually a sweater. <laughs> And it's open. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to call bullshit. Jem would never. He would oh, never wear well, a white beater. I, I know. Can't. It was just supposed refu- to be funny. My brain won't even make like the paper doll image fit in my head. <laughs> <laughs> all I can think of is. He's got a chain. Too. All I can think of is the kid from We're the Millers. No regerts. Like that's, uh-huh. that's all I see. Yeah. Yep. Well, we know from the um, spoilery story, long bridge, whatever that was, <laughs> <laughs> that he doesn't have a shirt underneath. So we know it's got to be a little bit open. It's got to be a V-neck. It's the only. It's the only excuse. I guess. Okay. So that's what we're going with. So um, she says his name a few times before she's she manages to get out other words. <laughs> and she's like is this permanent like are you not bound by the shadow brothers anymore damn it <laughs> silent brothers every time <laughs> and he just says no i'm not which is anyway <laughs> no no i'm not cool <laughs> so she asks about like him being cured and everything and although he didn't find the cure himself one had been found and she asks how and he's like, girl, this is a long ass story and you got to be cold. And good old Tessa, she's got to know the cheese may, even though she didn't need to know it two minutes ago. Um, and she's like, OK, but what are you going to do after this? Where will you go? What's your plan? I have to know right now. <laughs> and he's like, damn, girl, you sound like everyone's aunt linda at the family reunion i don't know what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life i just graduated from high school give me a minute to figure it out (laughs) (laughs) what he actually says is i've never had a whole life to plan for which uh uh-huh uh-huh could you not (gasps) i know But even though he says that, Tessa can't stop asking. And she's like, are you going to go to another institute? Which I'm curious about why she would ask that. Because why wouldn't he go to the London Institute? Did something happen? Maybe there's something I'm missing in a future story. I don't know. Why would he not go to this institute where he's familiar and where he's lived before? It's strange. So anyway, Jem is like, I don't know. I'm probably not going to go to Idris. And I don't think I want to go to another institute because... Being in another institute without Will is just, I wouldn't feel whole. It's not right. Which is sad because imagine how Will felt when you were gone. Uh-huh. Like, I guess at least in Will's circumstance, Jem was still alive. Exactly. Yeah. So sad. So then Tessa's like, and then? <laughs> she just can't stop. <laughs> she's just pressuring him. He doesn't know, but she wants him to make a decision. And he's like, bitch, I don't know. What are you doing? <laughs> And she's like, me? Oh, shit. The tables have turned. <laughs> I didn't expect him to ask. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, man. But um, she really is asking because she wants him to stay with her. Like, that's really why yeah. she's hounding on him. 
And um, she realizes that although they hadn't seen each other, they had seen each other over the years, they had both changed so much that she doesn't know what he would want from this new life that he's been given. <sighs> Jem can tell that she's like lost in thought. And um, so he's like, look, for 130 years, my life has been scheduled 24 seven. I thought all the time about what I would do when I was finally cured because somehow he knew this day would come. And um, the world has just changed so much. Like, I really don't know. This, uh-huh. this shit's cray. Like skinny jeans, man. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes on a little tangent about something that he had wished for, but trails off before he tells us what he wished for and starts talking to Tessa about her bracelet that Kristen had mentioned. And then he asks after that if she has loved anyone after Will. And she plays dumb, and she tells him that she doesn't know what he's asking her, and he needs to clarify a little bit. And I literally put in here fart noise because I just want to go, well, so dumb. I mean, okay. I, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going yeah. I'm to <laughs> jump down this rabbit hole a little bit. So they come from a time where shit was, like, real strict. Right. So uh-huh. I wonder, is she wondering, like, is he asking if I've ever fucked anybody else other than Will? Or is he asking if I fell in love with anybody else? Because <laughs> in my head, in my head, Tessa still catches some strange every once in a while. Like, I would think so. <laughs> Probably not, because this is a YA book and she's hopelessly devoted or whatever. But I mean, in right. reality... I bet she goes every, like, maybe every time she's in Paris, she goes to this one bar and, like, picks up some strange. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or she has, like, a regular dude that she sees in every, like, you know, lifetime. Different hose in different area codes. Yeah, but it's a different uh, century. It's or like something. on um, what we do in the shadows. Uh huh. Yeah. The one guy. What's his name? Uh-huh. Yeah. Greg- yeah. Gregor. Great. Gregor. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I like it. <laughs> so, okay. So clearly my coping mechanism is to joke when things get too emotional for me, but this one was too much. So I just have to read it because I can't joke. So Jem says, we were once going to be married, he said, and I have loved you all this time, a century and a half. And I know that you loved Will. I saw you together over the years. And I know that that love was so great that it, you must have made others nope it's not what it says (laughs) I know that that love was so great that it must have made other loves even the one that we had when we were both so young seem small and unimportant you had a lifetime of love with him I typoed there so sorry so many years children memories I cannot hope to and he stops And without finishing his sentence, he's like, well, this was really dumb of me. I'm sorry that I said anything. I'm going to go now. Bye. And he just fucking takes off. He just goes. (laughs) It totally feels Napoleon. I know. Dynamite. He just Barry Goldberg's out of there, bro. Yeah. (sighs) Yep. 
Yeah, so Tessa just fucking stands there and she's sort of like sorting through her memories of Jem. And she thinks of the moment that he made her feel human instead of like her fear of being something else, obviously. So you remember, you remember, (laughs) he said, you are human in all the ways that matter. Mm. Got her, guys. Got her. Pow, right in the kisser. Exactly. Okay, so. After Tessa watches Jim be absorbed by the crowd, she's held in fear. And she thinks back to when she first moved to the Institute and when she met Jim and how, like, sweet and amazing he was. Kind of, like, off of that quote still. And then her thoughts move in onto, into whatever their first encounter. When she walked into his bedroom that night, like, her first night at the Institute, and she's, he called out to her. And he was like, Will, Will, is that you? Which ignites this whole other wave of memories, okay? And this, this is what I've been saying slash debating slash everything else my entire time we've been doing this reread, okay? Disclaimer, it's not like any magical being has tapped me on the shoulder and been like, Hey lady, do you want to dabble in the mystics and become immortal? But I have to have anxiety about everything, so this is just added to the list, okay? I have to absolutely ha- have to think about it. Okay. <laughs> just so you know. So basically Tessa is spending this second reflecting on the life that she lived after Will's death and how lonely she was waking up to an empty bed and like turning to share a joke with someone that who was no longer there. And in this moment, I didn't write it down because it was like too much. But after you saying that, she said like, reminiscing like over breakfast like trying to eat and she can't remember the exact shade of will's blue eyes anymore and so she just loses it you can because you could turn yourself into him and remember exactly i was thinking the exact same thing (laughs) okay i didn't think about that but now that you said that i was like you could Mm -hmm. it would probably be morbid and not very helpful well and then would she be in his mind and is that does that feel like an invasion i don't know Dude, well, I, okay, here's no, the thing, I though. want the cheese mate. I would totally do that to Andy. Okay, look, 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 though. <laughs> Remembering back, okay? Every time she did change into somebody that was dead, she got there. Like, the, I feel like she would change to his form on his deathbed, though. Now that I'm thinking about mm-hmm. how she, like, it wasn't like she changed into these girls when, like, she got their memories, but, like, that's why she was bleeding because she was stabbed or whatever. Yep. So I Good take point. it back having thought more than two seconds about it. That makes sense. Okay, hold on. But maybe the reason that she got that was because she got the bow that the girl died in. Maybe. Right? And that was her only memory of her. So that's my out. <laughs> there that's it is fair. there. So, like, if it was, like, <laughs> me at this point, if she could turn into, like her 30 year old will you could take a yeah. colored picture of him on your phone and then you could remember that like you as him mm-hmm. you could take him places and like pose him there but i also <laughs> would feel like she would have like a, a portrait of him like a color portrait like a painting yeah right but At, like, and also would she have taken that with her or would she have left it i think she would have taken it well because i'm assuming they, they had like I'm sure she has like pictures, like photographs yeah. of him, and they're just in black and white or yeah. whatever. But I would mm-hmm. assume they'd have a colored picture, uh, portrait. Anyway, that is so not important. Yes, it is. But <sighs> okay, 
<laughs> so, you guys, Jim is has become mortal again. And he's going to die, just as Will had. And he's going to leave her one day, too. And sh- that's terrifying. She's cut herself off from her kids, her grandkids, her family. Like, everything's been cut off. And she's like, you know, am I really ready to, like, once more you open the door? Mm-hmm. My heart will go on. Mm-hmm. Is she ready for that? And on. Uh-huh. And then she thinks about what Wolsey Scott had told her, which was that she was lucky to have found two great loves when, you know, most people can't even find any. And so she's like, by golly, you're right. And she chases <laughs> after Jim in the crowd. And she's like pushing past people and running. And then she finds him under the boardwalk. Boardwalk. And it, it, it wasn't under the boardwalk, but I really wanted to do that. So it's, <laughs> it's by the docks on docks. And she grabs his sleeve, which I freaking think is weird, but whatever. And he she turns him around and they're facing each other. She asked him, like, so what were you trying to say? <laughs> what the fuck? Jim's eyes get wide and he's like shooketh that Tessa followed him but she's like well obviously like you literally yeah. stop sit- talking in the middle of a sentence I-, I have to know how this ends exactly exactly what the fuck cliffhanger <laughs> not cool you're done <laughs> okay so he says he's like I topped in the middle of a sentence, but it wasn't a very good one. And then he smiles and Tessa's like, oh, my God, you're unlocking a layer of my heart. (laughs) And he starts saying how words aren't really his thing. So he wished his violin was there so he could play what he was feeling. And I don't know, Mr. Carstairs. I'm pretty sure I'm ready to press the bullshit button because Jim literally always knows what to say. Yep. Yeah. I guess even deities have doubts. (laughs) So. (laughs) You know, they get self-doubts, too. It happens. And Tessa tells him, like, go on. Go on. And he says, basically, that he's been, like, rehearsing what he wanted to say in the shower. He's been having this fake conversation over the time since he's unbrothered. And all of these, like, different conversations all came together at him at that one moment. And he didn't really know what to say and then he puts his hands in his pockets which I don't think is super important to include but they keep talking about this jumper so I got a picture of the meme where it's like Arthur and his fist is balled up at his sides and then I imagine Jim is an aardvark so is that where he is yeah he's an aardvark yeah so that and he has like white hair and everything it was it was a whole then the ear sticking out of his white hair Okay. I, I don't know why my mind went there. You have to go on the train with me. At this point, Tessa is just like, okay, pull over. I'll drive. <laughs> just pull over. <laughs> and so she tells him that I, I have always loved you. <laughs> she loved both pair bow ties equally. And she sums it up pretty beautifully. So I will read it to you. Quote, you merged your souls when you were both children. I could not have loved Will so much if I had not loved you as well. And I could not love you as I did if I had not loved Will as I did. 
And at this point, she's still holding on to his wrist and making her like, it's like, ooh, I long to feel the touch of someone like who loves me. Like it's been so long. And I'm just like, damn, dude, she needs one of those like soul crushing hugs. And mm-hmm, I feel really mm-hmm. bad for her. Like, she must be so lonely. And then she pulls out the receipts to back up what that she just said to him. And it's the jade necklace that he had given her as an engagement gift. She never took it off. And the reason that she kept it out of sight all these years is because she didn't want to place a burden on him. Basically, he might take it as thinking she had some sort of expectations of him and that he wouldn't have been able to fulfill because he was a silent brother. Kind of like the rant I went on last week about saying my gym. <laughs> like, it's golf clap for you, ma'am. Uh-huh. And as we've already talked about, there are things in this epilogue that drive me nuts for future books. Okay, we've already gone over that. That's the hatchet. It's, it's buried. Anyway, I do feel like this is great because Kes- Tess- Kessa, well, I said Kessa, Tessa deserved this character arc and this conversation. And it mm-hmm. was like she had a good ending whatever conversation with Jem, the book got her to get there so i think Mm -hmm. what you were saying last week is true like she didn't necessarily arc all the way because of the immortality Mm -hmm. thing so her arc is now i yeah agree okay sorry i feel like i've said all of this literally in one breath (laughs) (laughs) i lost my place okay so after I let me just set the scene again she said that she's holding out the necklace she tells him like I didn't want to put any like burdens on you especially since you know like like they were engaged and like I'm holding on to this you know she didn't want to do that and Jem takes a while to answer her (laughs) you promised me together forever (laughs) so she's holding the necklace or whatever and Jem takes a while to answer, so they're just staring at each other. <laughs> so long, in fact, that Tessa um, learned the training that she used as a car salesman, and she's like the first okay. one to talk loses. Jeez. It's true. And I know. Yep, yep. A little silence. Hey, just PSA for all of our listeners. Try to just not say anything. You'll get a lot more. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so uncomfortable, but yeah. It's like teaching my kid how to talk, too. It's the same fucking thing. Uh-huh. You have to get that long silent, you know, yep, just the long pause. Let him say it. Yeah, thank you. When Jim does answer, he says this. And like, I have, like, I know I just quoted and I'm going to quote again, but we don't get much about how silent brothers see the world. So, like, mm-hmm. I like it, Picasso. Mm hmm. To be a silent brother, he said, it is to see everything and nothing all at once. I could see the great map of life spread out before me. I could see the currents of the world, and human life began to seem a sort of passion play acted at a distance. When they took the runes from me, when the mantle of the brotherhood was removed, it was as if I had awoken from a long dream, or as if a shield of glass around me had shattered. And he continues by explaining all of his humanity basically came rushing back to him at once after the runes were removed. And he could see, like, in that moment, he knew having Tessa as, like, an anchor to his mortal life. Like, every year at Blackfriars Bridge, 
really made him feel like there was something to come back for, to come back to. Like, mm-hmm. the world is completely different. All these emotions are flooding back. He has purpose. And she had thought that she would never see the face of these two men that she had loved her whole life again. Like, Will's obviously gone. Jim's different because he's a silent brother. But Tessa is fully claiming the energy from this conversation and accepting her abundance. Okay? I love it. She tells him that Jem being here is a miracle. And he must remember what she said about miracles. Which is basically the Gen X parenting mantra of like, you get what you get and don't throw a fit. <laughs> it's not as bad as, it's got a rhyme to it. So it's not as boomery, but yeah. it's still yeah. on that side, you know. Anyway, he speaks of his fears that the years might have made him into a different person. And he wished he was the same boy that she had said goodbye to all those years ago. And Tessa's like, you got to be bad. You got to be bold. You got to be wiser. (laughs) Said that in the wrong tune, but you got it. (sighs) Yeah. Time has changed her as well. She's been a mother, a grandmother. She's seen people she loved die and others be born. She's seen the currents of the world also, and they and if they were the same kids that they had been when they parted, she would have like wouldn't have been able to speak her mind and ask and say what she was going to say now. And Jim cups her cheeks, embraces her impact. <laughs> but it's unnecessary because Tessa asks him to stay with her and see everything together. She's traveled the world and seen a lot. But not everything, and there's no one else she'd rather do that with than Jemithan Carstairs. <laughs> she has so many vacation days set up, saved up. Oh my <laughs> gosh, banking <laughs> Jem strokes her cheek and declares that he has loved her for so long. Like, how could any of this be true? And Tessa says it's one of the greatest truths of her life. And he's like, so she's like, so are you in or you're out? And then like they're hugging and he was whispering to her that, of course, he was DTT, which is down to travel. And then he like went in for a hesitant kiss. And as they held each other, it became more natural. And Tessa remembered Jim, how she had first like hugged him. And he was, like, sick with Yenfin, and he was really frail, and now he was healthy and strong and here and alive. And she didn't even mind that the people on the bridge were gawking at their PDA. This was a gem, and it was important. Quote, for the first time in many long years, she felt her heart open and knew love is more than a memory. Hmm. So she holds Jem, like, as the river and London are like circling all around them. And it's like the memory of this dream that she's like, didn't know she needed or whatever. And this is how I've paraphrased it, but this is how the book ends. And I think it's really cute. So I'm, it, this is what we're doing. Just like they had stood on those stones so many nights ago. And like, if the stones from the bridge knew the tread of their feet and thought at last the wheel comes full circle, they kept their silence. Mm-hmm. And that's, which of course Jim always talks about the wheel. I love it. It was mm-hmm. just chef's kiss. That was a good way to end this series. I love it. I also love that Tessa thinks that anyone in 2008 it gives a shit about them kissing. I know. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> yep. It, it, see, it would look weird if it was like this is where you would be like, 
old Will and I were kissing, right. this is where you'd put that in because it would be weird. <laughs> yes, Not when exactly. he's surrounded by friends and family. Right. Okay? Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> oh, my goodness. And you guys, <sighs> guess what? You have a week off from homework. You don't have to read anything for next week. Nope. You just listen to us. Yep. Tangent and rage. As you should every yep. day. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Listen to your moms. <laughs> okay. Guys, for behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworld of Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.